being productive. It's what we do. Show me the best numbers this place has ever seen. Last quarter, we saw 4% growth. Double it. You got it. Double. Done. I'm not kidding. Neither am I. It's already done. The world tells us, if you want to earn more, you've got to work harder. For we're obsessed with a culture that says doing is more important than being. It's so ingrained, we often don't even think about it. But God gives his spirit, not just so that you and I can have the power to do. More importantly, God gives the presence and power of the Holy Spirit so that you and I can be. Welcome to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. God has made us for so much more than what we often do day in and day out. And this week, Charles Tapp continues with part three in this series, Going Deeper, Reaching Wider, Experiencing the Presence and Power of the Holy Spirit. To help you discover how God's presence in your life will help you more accurately reflect his character. With his message, The Power to Be. As many of you know, we have been going through a series that we've titled Going Deeper, Reaching Wider, Experiencing the Presence and Power of the Holy Spirit. And as we continue our series today with part three titled The Power to Be, I want us to go back and take a look at a very important passage that we've been looking at throughout this entire series. And I believe that it is a pivotal passage, an anchor passage in this series. So let's go to the book of John, John's Gospel, chapter 14, as we look at verses 16 and verse 17. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Again, I want to remind us that the focus of this series is about examining both the nature as well as the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as I share in part one of our series that we titled The Missing Link, I want to bring your attention again to a working definition of what we mean when we say the work of the Holy Spirit. What do we mean when we say that? Let's take a look at it. The work of the Holy Spirit is to manifest the active presence of God in the world and especially in the church. Let's just let that stay there for a moment. The work of the Holy Spirit is to manifest the active presence of God in the world and especially in the church. Now, this definition is important for two reasons. One, because first of all, it acknowledges that the Holy Spirit is not some force or some essence, 
but the Holy Spirit is just as much of God as the Father and the Son are God. Secondly, it reminds us that the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives is not a passive presence, but yet he is an active presence in our lives. And what I mean by that when I say active, I mean the Holy Spirit, once you and I invite him into our lives, is actively, constantly at work in our lives to transform us into the character of Jesus Christ. It is this active presence and power of the Holy Spirit that the Apostle Paul spoke of when he wrote his letter to the believers in Philippi in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 when he says, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you shall see it through to its completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So when you and I invite the Holy Spirit's presence and power to take up residence in our lives, we are opening ourselves up to the transforming work of the power of God. Amen. As we shared in part two, the power of all, it is a presence and power that is available to all, regardless of one's race, regardless of one's gender, regardless of one's age, regardless of one's socioeconomic background, regardless of one's political affiliation, regardless of whether you're a Cowboys fan or a Redskins fan. That's some power there. The Holy Spirit does not discriminate. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 2. Looking at verses 17 and verse 18, Acts 2, 17 and 18. Look at what Peter says here. He says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall do what? Prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Here in the book of Acts, the disciple Peter is quoting from the prophecy of the Old Testament book of Joel about a time when the spirit of God will be poured out without measure and without taking into account whether you happen to be a man or a woman, whether you happen to be a Jew or a Gentile, whether you happen to fall into the category of being a slave or being free, being a youth or being a senior citizen. Peter refers to this time of the prophecy in Joel as the last days. In other words, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit indiscriminately upon humankind. Now, let's just be clear here. When we talk about the last days, I hear people say, are these, are these the last days? Listen, the last days, the period of the last days began when Christ ascended into heaven. That's what ushered in the last days. 
and it will go all the way up until Christ appears again. So to answer your question, stop waiting for a sign. These are the last days. Now they will get worse and increasingly worse, but these are the last days. You and I are living in the last days. So let's be clear on this, that the promise of the downpour of the Holy Spirit upon women, men, rich, poor, young, old, was not just a promise that was fulfilled in Peter's day at Pentecost, but you and I can and should expect it in our time as well. Why? Because we are living in the last days. And God's word is clear that although there are those who continue to experience discrimination based on factors that for the most part are completely out of their control, the Spirit of God is not obliged to operate within the confines of these discriminatory boundaries that humankind has placed on itself. How many of you know I love chocolate? And you know I love what? Reese's peanut butter cup. Somebody needs to say amen. But did you know I also love M&Ms? I just happen to have some. And it just happens to be the family pack. <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you who are listening by radio or podcast, you have no idea what's going on right now. But I've got this family size bag of M&M's, no peanuts. Don't you just love M&M's? Don't you love the sound they make? I know a lot of the children are downstairs in the swag service, so they're missing out on this. You know what? I think I see another bag here as well. Yes, it is. Oh my goodness. And it happens to be a family pack size as well. All the kids are going, ooh. Look at that. Here's the thing about M&Ms. Regardless of what they look like on the outside, what makes them so good is the chocolate on the inside. You see, when the company that made M&M's, when they decided to create this delight, they didn't say, well, we'll only put chocolate in the blue M&M. Or we'll only put chocolate in the yellow M&M's. You see, when I go to the M&M's, I don't have to wonder which one has chocolate in it. Because what makes them so good is that they all have chocolate. In it. M&M company didn't discriminate. They put chocolate in all of it. So regardless of what they look like on the outside, what makes them what they are is what is on the inside. 
You see, God doesn't say, well, I'm only going to give my spirit to the brown ones or to the yellow ones or to the blue ones or to the old ones or to the young ones or to the white ones or or just to the males. My spirit in the last days shall be poured out without measure. And the only criteria that is needed is a willing heart. One of my favorite songs by an old Christian singer, Kelly Willett, she said, if you don't have a willing heart, ask God to give you one. You see, when it comes to the gift of the Holy Spirit, our Heavenly Father stands ready and he stands willing to allow any humble soul who recognizes their need to experience both the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Who says amen to that? But the question which begs to be asked is, what is this power for? And what purpose does it serve? Whenever we are given access to power, regardless of the nature of that power, inevitably, we begin to ponder and ask the question, well, then what shall I do with this power? The problem is that when it comes to possessing power, the human track record is not a good one. For it has often been said power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Look at this quotation that I came across this week talking about power. It says, the use of power in leadership is often the defining test of character. The use of power in leadership is often the defining test of character. And this is true when it comes to our leadership in government, And it is true when it comes to the leadership of the church. And by the way, the power that is given to us by the Holy Spirit is not just any power. But as Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, it is the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. And Paul says that power now dwells in you. And that same power now dwells in me. And although this power, as Paul shares in Philippians 13, gives us the desire to want to do and the power to do God's good pleasure, this power granted to us through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit is not primarily so that you and I can do But God gives us the presence and power of his Holy Spirit primarily so that you and I can be. It is the power to be. You're listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, The Power to Be. And if you're enjoying this message or you'd like to find others like it, you can find out more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. We'll conclude with the rest of his message right after this. I'm going to take a moment and just recommend that you breathe. 
Now, there are all kinds of breathing techniques that you can use. One is count to 10, you know, breathing in, count to 10, breathing out, kind of hold it in the middle, you know, breathing in his grace and breathing out his praise. Whatever you choose, breath is really important. And this time of year, you know, you may have a cold or you may have the flu and it's restricting your breathing. So you know just how important that is. God has given you that breath. In Acts, Paul wrote this, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands, and he is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. And so take a moment and take a deep breath and stay encouraged. To get more encouraging content, go to WGTS919.com. This is Simple Truths for Life. And this week, Charles Tapp helps you discover how God's presence in your life will allow you to more accurately reflect his character. As he concludes his message, the power to be. The phrase to be or not to be, that is the question, is probably one of the most famous, well-known lines from Shakespeare's Hamlet. And although it is dealing with the question of whether to give life or take one's life, I'm of the opinion that these words today can serve as a clarion call to our culture today, a culture that is obsessed with doing rather than being. You see it advertised in media all the time. One of the, one of the greatest slogans ever produced by any athletic company was that of Nike. And all they did was get a little swoosh made and place these words on the ad, just do it. But notice they never told us what the it was. Why? For it didn't matter to them. That was not their emphasis. Their thing was just do it. So we live in a culture that is obsessed with what people do instead of who people are. Think about it for a moment. When you meet someone for the first time, within a few short minutes, one of the questions you ask them is, what do they do? When was the last time you asked the person, tell me who you are? And for many of us, that would be a difficult question to answer without associating with what we do. For we're obsessed with a culture that says, Doing is more important than being. But God gives his spirit not just so that you and I can have the power to do. More importantly, God gives the presence and power of the Holy Spirit so that you and I can be. Look at what Paul says on this matter in the book of Galatians. Paul writes to the church at Galatia. Galatians chapter 5. As we look again at verses 19 to 23. Now the works of the flesh, he says, are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, getting angry at people, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past, 
that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now look at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. Some versions actually translate this and the harvest of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and all the rest. But the message is still the same. And that is simply this, that the fruit or the harvest of the Spirit is the natural byproduct of a life that is controlled and guided by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in their lives to the point where it produces the characteristics of the Spirit of God in our lives. And take note that the word fruit here is singular and not plural. And that's important because the Holy Spirit produces only one kind of fruit, and that is the fruit of Christ-likeness. As Jesus reminds us in John chapter 15 and verse 5, it is only as the branch remains connected in the vine that we can have, uh, have fruit born into our lives. And it's important to note here in Galatians chapter 5 that what Paul is doing here, he is contrasting the works of the fruit of the flesh against the fruit of the Spirit. Paul could have easily given us that first list by saying, now the fruit of the flesh are these. And he lists them uncleanness, lewdness, fornication, selfish ambition, jealousy, and all the rest. And when Paul uses the phrase being led by the Spirit and you're no longer under the law, what Paul is saying is simply that the fruit of the Spirit cannot be produced through human strength or effort. There's no law regardless of how well that law is observed or how well that law is kept, that can produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life or my life. You cannot legislate morality. The law was never intended for that. As a matter of fact, Paul, in talking about the law in the book of Romans, says the law is weak in that it could not say all the law can do for us is show us where we are going astray. So Paul says if you want the harvest or the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace, then you need to allow the Holy Spirit in your life. As a matter of fact, have you ever noticed that those individuals whose focus is always on the law, on the law, on the law, rarely have any love? Have you noticed that? what the law says. And then they say, but I'm coming to you in love. No, you're not. <laughs> Paul has something to say about that to the believers at Corinth. But first I want to show you this quotation by Diedrich Bonhoeffer, the great German theologian. Look at what he says. He says, fruit is always the more miraculous the created. It is never the result of willing, but always the result of growth. The fruit of the Spirit is a gift of God, and only He can produce it. 
They who bear it know as little about it as the tree knows of its fruit. They know only the power of him on whom their life depends. And the life that Bonhoeffer is talking about here is the same life that Jesus makes reference to in John chapter 10 and verse 10. You know what he says there? And the thief comes to do what? Steal, kill, and what? Destroy, but I have come that you might have what? Life and have it how? More abundantly. That's not the prosperity gospel. For there are two words in the original Greek language for life. The first one is bios. That's the physical life. That's where we get our word biology from. The second word is the word zoe. That means life with God. The word for life in John 10.10 is the word zoe. Jesus says, I came that you might have life with God and have that in abundance. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I want to show you something as we close this morning. But you shall receive what? When the Holy Spirit has what? Come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be witnesses of me. We got this idea all wrong about what it means to be a witness for Jesus Christ. We think it means simply going to someone's door, passing out some kind of religious literature, witnessing that way. That's not the witness that Jesus is talking about here. Jesus says, when my Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be able to give witness that you are a part of me. And what is that witness? That you have love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness. In other words, the power of the witness is not in the doing, it's in the being. For it is in being and not in doing that we more accurately reflect the character of God. Paul says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not love, which is fruit, which comes out of being, I'm just making a whole lot of noise. And too many times the church is just making noise. And we wonder why our witness is poor. People don't want to know about what you believe. They want to know if what you believe has changed you. And if it hasn't, why are you trying to give it to me? So when Jesus says, and you shall be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that means you'll be going into Judea and Samaria and throughout all the ends of the earth with this fruit of love, with this harvest of joy and peace. And people want to know, where did you get that from? I want some of that. But what's happening is people are coming looking on our limbs for fruit, and there is no fruit. There's only works. And sadly... We are so stuck in doing instead of being because we already believe that we already are where we should be. So I don't need to be anything else. So we just do, 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 do. 
And Jesus is saying, it's not about the doing. I want you to be. And the only way you can be is if you remain in me. And if you remain in me, you will have a harvest of the characteristics of the Spirit. So that when people come into your sphere of influence, they will be so overwhelmed, not by what you do, but by what you have come to be, they will want to be like you. You've been listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, The Power to Be. And if you want to listen again or share it with someone, you can find these messages on platforms like Apple Podcasts and now also on Spotify or visit us online at simpletruthsforlife.org. Now here's what we're working on for next week. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Each of us has been given a specific gift in order to fulfill our role in building God's kingdom. And next week, Charles Tapp continues with part four in this series, going deeper, reaching wider, experiencing the presence and power of the Holy Spirit with his message, The Gift That Keeps On Giving. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll plan to join us again next week for more Simple Truths for Life. Jesus came here for you. No matter what your skin color is. Jesus came here for you if you're Republican, Democrat, neutral, don't know or don't care, or any political party. Jesus came for the far left and the far right, or if you're somewhere in between. Jesus came for the person who cut you off in traffic. Jesus came for the homeless, the poor, the middle class, and the rich. Jesus came for love. Love. Jesus came for you and for all his children. We're here to remind you of that. WGTS 91.9. Always encouraging. And 88.3 on the Eastern Shore.